gotta go help this little moose. He's going under. He's going under. Okay, it's okay. It's okay. I got you. I got you. It's okay, little one. I'm gonna help you here, okay? Wow, moose rescue. I never thought I'd be doing this. He's just a wee little fella. Okay, I gotta get you out of this water here, little fella. Okay? I'm gonna try to get him in the canoe. Can you get up? Oh boy. Okay. In the canoe. Wow, what an experience here. Are you gonna be okay there, little fella? We got you out of that jam. Hey, I'm glad I helped you, okay? Just be a little bit more careful next time, okay, little fella? There's a guy rescuing a baby moose. That's a nice story there. And then the moose ate him. <laughs> I believe you made that last part up. As the bloodthirsty mooses want to do. The well-known carnivorous <laughs> beast. Turns out it was a trap all along. Uh, I'm going to go home and write a song about that. Rescuing a drowning baby moose. There you go. In fact, that might be the title. What are you going to rhyme oot with? <laughs> Boot? <laughs> That's good. Um, moments ago, Senator Ted Cruz slammed the GOP stimulus proposal of a trillion some dollars. Wait, that's his own party. As it's written right now, I'm not only a no, I'm a hell no, says Ted Cruz. Uh, Rand, so he still got his beard? Yep. Hmm. Rocking the beard. Rand Paul. Hanging with it right through the summer. Rand Paul, beard commitment. Rand Paul also rocking the beard. Maybe the beards don't like stimulus packages. Um, uh, Rand Paul out uh, yesterday saying this is just ridiculous. They're just nobody seems to care at all that we're spending trillions upon trillions of dollars. Yeah, and as I said a little earlier, has anybody even breathed the words... We probably ought to cut some stuff because we're spending like maniacs. I have not heard that conversation at all. I take in quite a bit of media from the right side of the aisle. I haven't heard anybody say, you know, uh, well, this is this has happened in households all across the country. Uh, guaranteed. Well, it's happened in my household to a certain extent, but it's happened in households all across the country. Look, we used to have Netflix, Hulu, HBO, and, uh, and a gym membership. Mm-hmm. Those all have to go. I lost my job, and until I get it back, or, you know, mom lost her job, or whatever. Sure, or, or we're being furloughed, or giving up a week, several weeks of salary, as virtually everybody is these days. Or business is down 50%. Right. You know, we can't yeah. we can't do these things anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, practically every household in America has done that to a certain extent. Has the government even talked about it? During, I, during, I have not even heard the conversation begun during the good times we could spend this much money on whatever the government spends money on sure now we can't we yeah. gotta taper it back a little bit does that ever even come up also a bit of a compounding thing where the typical revenue streams of uh, consumer tax right that a lot of these taxes that went to fund a lot of these things are bringing in a much lower amount of revenue than oh, they, they right. did pre-COVID. Yeah, I heard that about lottery tickets. Uh, there's a couple of different things. Um, that, that you know, People are driving a lot less, so the state gas taxes mm-hmm. that are so brutal. Well, there's a hell of a lot less income, and income tax fuels yeah. the federal government. So yeah. it, it's it's terrible on both ends. But no, and nobody's no. uttered the words, boy, it'd be great if we could continue to subsidize, I don't know, moose rescuers, but we just don't have the money. Mm. It's never said. I don't know. Nobody wants to hear it any either. I mean, there's no constituency for it. The, the polls have been done. The idea of uh, budgetary responsibility being a motivation of voters, that's just that's gone like the Charleston man. So. Rand Paul is really the only politician I hear consistent on on that of just any time the government's trying to spend money. He's like, wait a minute. We sure about this? And when he says stuff, 
Everybody rolls their eyes. There goes around again. Well, and and T. Cruz, uh, he'll occasionally, uh, you know, sing that song, but not often. Oh, speaking of uh, Republican politicians and that sort of thing, somebody made kind of a backhanded reference to it. I don't even remember the context because it wasn't that interesting, but it was uh, uh, suggesting that Mike Pompeo is maneuvering toward running for president in 2024. And I thought, oh, my gosh, yes, he is. Hmm. Dynamic, patriotic, uh, iron-willed Secretary of State. He was a congressman. He he ran the CIA for a while. Is that right? What did Pompeo run for a while? Yeah. The CIA. Yeah. Director of the CIA from yeah. uh, 2017 to 2018. Hard-ass, articulate. Um, I, I love Mike Pompeo, so... There you go, folks. Something to look forward to Kansan, in 2024. which matters to me. Um, He'll be running against whoever uh, Biden's VP is. Um, so, something to look forward you're to. You're assuming Biden's going to win. Uh, Bad American. Get out. What? Get out. What? No, I just... It, it, well, uh, no, uh, of course, Trump would be done anyway if Trump wins re-election. Sure. So, yeah, Pompeo 2024. I'm going to put a bumper sticker on my car today. I find the conversation of what the Republican Party becomes when Trump's gone, either, you know, in a couple of months we find out or four years we find out. I find that really interesting. Me too. Oh, yeah. I have no idea what the Republican Party is going to be. And Likewise, neither does, the Democrats, and really. Ne- but. And neither does anybody in the Republican Party know what it's going to be. Right. Who knows? They'll, uh, you know, put their finger in the wind, see which way it's blowing, and be in favor of that. <laughs> The idea of leadership, like budgetary responsibility, is dead. There go the people. I need to get in front of them, for I am their leader. That's one of my favorite new political quotes I've heard. Yeah, that's great. Who said that? I don't remember. Somebody was a populist. but Yeah. Yeah. That's say, awesome. say it again. There go the American people. I must get in front of them, for I am their leader. <laughs> <laughs> that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Oh, I meant to, to talk about this earlier, the, uh, the Wall of Moms in Portland. Um, the, uh, the huge deal was made about that. The Washington Post with a fawning piece about it. Um, and, uh, and there's video that, well, I'm sorry, I'm skipping around. You had this big giant uh, wall of moms between the, the anarchist protesters and the cops as a show of something or other. And everybody just making a big deal about how beautiful and powerful and symbolic it was and blah, blah, blah. But there's plenty of video of after the sun goes down late at night, that wall of moms, uh, several of them participating in the violence and the destruction. Oh, really? But the Washington Post doesn't mention that in rather a long and fawning piece. Yeah. That's because, well, they're liars, at least to some extent. So bars are serving ridiculous $1 menu items to stay open during COVID restrictions as, for some reason, you can't have a bar that just serves booze. But if you got food at your restaurant, people can sit there in the bar and drink. Right. Exactly. The bar does have to often close early, like 10 o'clock or whatever, because the COVID comes out at night, as everyone knows. Sure. Like wolves and, and, and werewolves and vampires. So, like, over the weekend, there was a bar in New York that started offering $1 plates of Cuomo chips, because he's the one who passed the rule, or uh, came up with the idea. Literally just bowls of potato chips to customers. For a dollar, you can get this bowl of potato now chips. Now we're a restaurant. They have bowl- Now we're a restaurant, and yeah. we can stay open and serve booze. Well, like I said, two wineries, <laughs> 20 minutes apart, separate counties. One has to serve food to stay open. The other one has to not serve food to stay open because of their county rules. 
Yeah, they the government has not done a good job of holding on to their legitimacy or their credibility with a, with a whole bunch of this stuff because it doesn't make sense to people. Haven't done a good job. They've crapped all over it. Yeah. And, and I, then lit the poo on fire. And I've used the same example 50 times. I apologize if you've heard it, but just because I've got a, a, a friend who had basically a bookstore, he, he had to remain closed for months, zero income, uh, couldn't pay anybody, nobody, you know, zero income. Two doors down, the ice cream place is open because it, quote, is essential because it's food, an right. ice cream shop. Right. The, you can't justify that. You cannot. It is impossible. The fact that essential was the standard and safe wasn't is just idiotic. And I know their counterargument. It would be, well, no place is entirely safe, so we just had to go with the essential places. But that's arbitrary and dumb and and is not scientifically uh, justifiable. A bookstore, a used bookstore. Oh, they're always packed with people. Yeah, I don't know if he's ever had two people six within six feet of each other ever in that right. store. Right. <laughs> Throw on a mask, stay six feet apart. Uh, if anything, you know, doling out ice cream and eating and all that sort of stuff is more dangerous than that. But anyway, that aside, the the same thing with the, if you've got some sort of food, you people can stand in there and drink. But if there's no food, people can't stand in there and drink is obviously arbitrary, too. And this is not an academic discussion because the people at the bar have got their whole lives tied up in that. Their whole ability to pay their bills, buy a car, send their kids to school, whatever. Well, yeah, make rent. And it's their right as a freaking American to run a business. It's their private property. Anyway, so over the weekend, the bar was offering the Cuomo chips, dollar a plate of potato chips. When they ran out of potato chips, they started. They switched to mini, pretzel, mini pretzels. Then they had an, an elaborate $1 roasted beet. And... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's what I hanker for when I'm out getting a buzz on. A nice roasted beet. Well, you don't have to eat them. They just have to be available. Right. Send it back. Say it wasn't roasted properly. <laughs> anyway, so, well, I love listen, that we, idea. We, we talked earlier this week about a lawsuit being filed by the Goldwater Institute on behalf of a handful of gun owners. The ridiculous, speaking of ridiculous and arbitrary, gun laws in Chicago. And we'll talk to one of the senior attorneys at the Goldwater Institute about that case next. Armstrong and Getty. For five years, I served my country honorably as a U.S. Marine. But as I transition back into civilian society, I find law and order at the mercy of the masses and my right to bear arms stalled due to insufficient government oversight and bureaucracy. We're talking about the story of Illinois, where they're violating the right to bear arms, according to some. And uh, the Goldwater Institute is stepping forward to defend the rights of DeAndre Bradley, the fellow who said that, and several other... uh plaintiffs uh, filing suit against the state of Illinois. Jacob Hubert is a senior attorney at the Goldwater Institute handling this case and joins us now. Jacob, how are you, sir? Good, thank you. I couldn't believe that the, 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 the policy when it's supposed to work correctly is I gotta I can wait up to 30 days to get my right to own a gun. But that, that that's that's when it's working correctly, right? Yeah, that's right. Wow. Illinois is one of two states where you have to get a license 
just to have any sort of gun at all, any basic hunting rifle, any shotgun, you have to have a state license. You need to ask for the state's permission. And then under the best of circumstances, state law says they have to issue that license unless you're disqualified for some reason within 30 days. 30 days. That's amazing. Right. And this is a fundamental constitutional right. Uh, You shouldn't have to ask anybody's permission to exercise it at all. And in most states, you don't, at least uh, to have the, the most basic sort of firearm ownership. But in Illinois, you do. And you have to wait at least 30 days, except that's not even how it works, because in Illinois, they never follow that uh, requirement that they issue the license in 30 days. Instead, people wait 90 days or even longer. We've heard from people who've been waiting since last year to get their fire owner identification, firearm owner identification card so that they can have a gun. This reminds uh, me a bit uh, of the situation with the death penalty in California, where there is the death penalty. It's lawful, but it's impossible to actually do because of bureaucratic intransigence. Is this that sort of uh, extra legal, you know, impinging on people's rights, or is it just that the state of Illinois is incompetent? Uh, I think they they kind of go together. The state. Uh, doesn't make it a priority to respect people's Second Amendment rights, obviously. I mean, this law being on the books shows that. The history of handgun regulation in Chicago and Illinois shows that. Uh, So obviously it's not a priority for the state to respect people's Second Amendment rights. And then besides that, they don't fund the office that's supposed to process these licenses enough, apparently, to process them in time. In fact, they often send the money that is designated for that away to other purposes. Uh-huh. Uh, and, of course, the Illinois' finances are notoriously a mess, and uh, it's uh, the state is broke. And uh, I'm not sure that they're actually sending that money to anything that's more important. In fact, I doubt very much that it's anything nearly as important. But that's what they do. And then, of course, within this office, uh, it wouldn't surprise me to learn that it's uh, run very efficiently, inefficiently and so well, sure. on. Right. So, it's a pretty good uh, idea, actually. If, I, if, if I'm on their side, if I'm on the side of big government and taking away your rights, that's a good way to handle it. As government just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger, just slow stuff down. Just don't don't, don't have enough employees in the in the various uh, branches of things that you don't want to happen. Right. And have extra right. money go toward the things that you do want to happen. It's a pretty good idea. Yeah, right. I mean, for some things, that wouldn't be so bad. Like the bad things government does, if they want to be slow and, 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 and not do as much of that, that would be fine. But instead, we have a situation where the default should just be that you get to exercise your rights, but it's not, and they're dragging their feet on that. And as a result, thousands and thousands of people are being deprived of their Second Amendment rights. And it's only getting worse because, of course, there's been a lot of violence and looting in the Chicago area in recent times. So these applications have surged. And the state isn't keeping up, and the delays seem to just be getting longer. Oh, yeah, for the rest of the country where you are allowed to buy a gun eventually, gun sale records have been shattered month after month after month, but in Illinois they don't let you buy a gun. I'm sur- Has anybody challenged that 30-day thing? I'm surprised that's constitutional. There have been state court cases challenging it. Uh, it did get up. A, a lower court struck it, well, struck it down or declared that it was unconstitutional. It went to the Illinois Supreme Court this year, and the Illinois Supreme Court found some procedural technicality that, as I understand it, was never even raised in the case as a reason to send it back to the lower courts so that they wouldn't be forced to rule on this. Wow. So uh, I'm hopeful that federal or state courts will eventually just rule this whole scheme unconstitutional. And in our case, we're certainly prepared to say, if you can't at least issue this thing within 30 days, 
then you should get rid of the whole thing because it's bad enough that you have this scheme in the first place. But if you're going to have it, you need to at least respect that 30-day limit. And the, you can't end it. Right. And the final bitter irony is that as uh, this uh, U.S. Marine and his fellow plaintiffs are denied their rights to defend themselves, you have people running around all yeah. over Chicago shooting the hell out of each other, including children. And it is only the law-abiding who struggle to get weapons. I mean, it's just... It's ludicrous. I mean, Chicago is so screwed up. I grew up in that area, and I, I love that city, but it is just absolutely screwed up. So, uh, Jacob, I'm sorry, you, you may have said this. Are you guys going into federal courts with this lawsuit? Yeah, we filed our okay. lawsuit yesterday in federal court. Okay, fabulous. Uh, Jacob Hubert uh, with the Goldwater Institute. He's senior attorney. Uh, stay in touch, would you, Jacob? We'd love to hear what happens next. we Will do. All right, hey, and keep fighting the good fight. We appreciate the time. I don't. I just, it's hard to believe uh, that's constitutional. Uh, yeah, I can't believe it's uh, it exists. Yeah. Much less that they have to sue now to to deal with it. Um, an ignorant uh, populace, an ignorant electorate, is such an incredibly useful tool for crooked politicians. Um, that's why a lot of people want to want every single air sucking Homo sapien they can get to the polls to get to the polls. Because the more uninformed you are, the less informed you are, the more easily manipulated you are. I think I'd look into buying a gun illegally if I was in Illinois. Pretty stiff penalties. They're not going to catch you. Probably not. They don't have any interest. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We've known about the issues of interfering with U.S. domestic politics. So why now? Why is it that they acted with the closure of this consulate? Here is what he said just a few minutes ago while in Denmark. Your point that this has been going on for a long time makes our point. President Trump has said enough. We're not going to allow this to continue to happen where they... You've seen the remarks that uh, National Security Advisor O'Brien gave, that FBI Director Ray gave, and that Attorney General Barr has given. We, we are setting out clear expectations for how the Chinese Communist Party is going to behave. And when they don't, we're going to take actions that protect the American people, protect our security, our national security, and also protect our economy and jobs. Uh, that's the actions that you're seeing taken by President Trump. We'll continue to engage in this seems like a perfectly reasonable explanation and if you add to that we've been engaged in a serious effort to get china to behave in terms of the trade relationship like a modern nation and it's become clear they will not cooperate that's why now seems perfectly reasonable though he's covering for covid um have any of y'all forgotten the covid's about i haven't if they're trying to cover for covid uh, it's not working a couple of things. Uh, looks like the 2021 Tokyo Olympics are not going to happen. You know, 2021 Summer Olympics aren't going to happen? Or was that a Winter Olympics? Bah. No, I think 2020 was supposed to be the summer. Yeah, and then it got pushed back to 2021, and now I think they're announcing that that is not happening. So they can't have Olympics next summer. Well, I think it's because the preparations are so enormous and so expensive if there's even a one in three chance it couldn't happen, 
you'd really hesitate to spend that money, and okay. there's better than one and three. I'm wasting my time on my pummel horse at home. It's a shame, too, because your scissor kicks were getting truly <laughs> impressive. Uh, it's Alex Trebek's birthday. He's 80. Oh, my gosh. Happy and birthday, alive, Alex. having yeah. been diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer, which usually takes you out very quickly. But he's alive. I had no idea he was 80. Why does he look younger than me? And he's, like, way older than I am. Maybe posing questions in the form of answers is good for your health. (laughs) That and staying out of the sun. I saw an interesting clip where he proposed a rule change for Jeopardy after the first season to where contestants had to wait for him to finish reading the question before they could buzz in. Mm -hmm. And then it spliced on the video where some season one Jeopardy things where guys, they would just immediately ring in and then just trust they could read and guess the answer from there. Um, but it made for a much worse kind of viewing experience. Yeah, I would think. Of the, as soon as Trebek started reading the question, ding, ding, ding. That's why I hate you, Trebek. <laughs> um, Kanye West accused his uh, mother-in-law, that's Chris Jenner, as for of being a white supremacist and referred to her as Chris Jong Un. That's not going to help Thanksgiving dinner be, uh, you know, comfortable. That's rough talk. Chris Jong Un. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Yeah, I'll give him that. I Poor Kanye is really around the bend. I think he. I think his his mental health has gotten worse. Although I don't. What do I know? It's not like I've been observing him very closely for years. But that's that's paranoid schizophrenia talk. Some of the stuff he's saying lately. I feel bad for the guy. Nobody wants mental illness. UC Berkeley announced, uh, fitting in with Harvard and a whole bunch of other your top flight universities, that all classes are going to be online, at least to start with for the year. They were going to try to have some in school in the room, but nope, all online. And tuition's probably up, if anything. Right. It's certainly the same. I have heard of no school saying, because you're going to get like a quarter of the learning experience, we're going to cut tuition by three quarters, or a half, or a dime. It's just, oh boy. Most people are sheep. Most people keep their head down and quietly do as they're told with with no resistance, no dissent. No matter how abusive or dumb or 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 unconstitutional uh, the government becomes. And, well, uh, and make no mistake, the universities are the government. I kind of get it for the university thing, though, because it's pretty well known at this point, isn't it, that it's mostly about getting a degree from that university, having a piece of paper and being able to put it on your resume. As opposed to actually knowing something. Yeah. In in a lot of fields, true. In a lot of fields. Yeah. Yeah. I read an interesting article the other day about all the majors that they could eliminate from so many universities, especially now. Mm-hmm. You want to know about literature? You want to be a literature major? Knock yourself out. It's all out there. Right. For free, as much as you want. Lectures about all the great books and authors and writers and poems and this and that. And you can certainly read them all. Lists all of, of what you should read. And you, you carry course. you carry all of that in your pocket every single day, the reading of it. Mm-hmm. And just, it's all there. Why does that major even exist? Why are you paying for it? It's a custom. It's like Japanese people taking their shoes off before they go inside. Or, 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 or Dutch people dancing in clogs. We have this tradition of you go to a university, you get a piece of paper, you wave it around, you get a better job. 
It's well, we need nothing to, but a tradition. But we need to point. get away from that tradition. That's here, the whole here. point. It's a dumb tradition. So is clog dancing. <laughs> I know I've got the equivalent of a literature degree. I've done enough reading over the last 20-some years. In fact, I looked at lists from universities of what to read because I'm just interested in it. Um, would I be a somehow more valuable human being if I had a piece of paper from some university that said I did it? It seems silly to me. Yeah. Yeah, I've thought about getting advanced degrees, but then I thought, then I think, I've already spent the time, I've done the work, and I have the knowledge. Right. Why and would I bother? And that's the point. Right. The knowledge is the point. Right. Plus, you would be arguing with the professor, because you'd want to tell him, hey, that's not the way it's done. I know. It'd be really tough. I, I could not be an undergraduate student at this point. I, I would be insufferable. <laughs> They are having taught a few college, you know, lower level college classes. The the non trads are just impossible. Yeah, you get yeah. two words in. All right, Jim, what the 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 forty five year old guy who's gone back to school? What? Yeah. <laughs> what you just th- said is not really accurate. <laughs> Look, <sighs> that and and the other thing that because I taught uh, speech one hundred and one for a couple of semesters, and what was the other one I taught? Uh, interpersonal communications. Um, they want a lot from their class. Right. They're paying for it. They're writing a check of their own money that they made at a job they have. They're off work for the afternoon to take the class or whatever. They want something from it. The Everybody else in the class is just <laughs> the easier, the better. The less that happens, the better. You call off class early. Awesome. I'm going to go home and take a nap or I'm headed to the bar. Right. The, the other people that are actually trying to get something from it. They are literally demanding. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's 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 pretty interesting. Plus, picture yourself sitting there in class, and and somebody says, I, "I'm sorry, that triggered me. That triggered me." I would just bust out laughing. <laughs> I would I would go far, and, and I wouldn't be able to stop laughing, which in turn would trigger other snowflakes, and they'd all you know melt. And I just I would laugh so hard I would get tossed out. <laughs> Probably class number one. So when we were talking about God, you, 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 and and we've heard from you people, you guys who who leave the Marine Corps, for instance, and then go to college, y'all have the patience of saints to get through it. I mean, it's got to make you insane. You know, if you want to drop us an email about your experience, you left the service uh, and then you went to modern uh, college university, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. I'd love to hear your story and share it uh, maybe tomorrow morning on the show, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Um, we were talking about golf earlier, and uh, some I asked something like, what's the worst shot you ever hit or something like that? Well, we've got a bunch of texts on various things. I had a friend, and getting hit with the ball Joe brought up, I had a friend get uh, a line drive hit right in the chest while golfing. Oh, Oof. The girl who did it ran off laughing with her friend. Luckily, my friend was so fat, it didn't really do that much damage. Boy, a buddy of mine got hit by a ball just above the eye several months ago, and it almost killed him. It caused him brain damage, and he's still recovering. I'm amazed it, that doesn't happen. And it awesome. was an incredibly irresponsible thing the guy did who hit the shot. He just did not wait long enough for us, for my friend's group to clear the green. It's incredibly dangerous. You, Jack, hit one of the funniest shots I've ever seen in my life. I probably don't remember. It was one of my favorite things that's ever happened on a golf course. Um, and it's a golf course I, I play to this day. Par 3... It was like the media opening day or whatever. We were both playing. This was back when Jack played golf. Par three, you topped your tee shot. It hit a rock, 
flew into the ravine that was like, it was not out of bounds, but it was unplayable down there. So, hits a rock, flies into the ravine, hits a rock in the ravine, bounces back into play where it hits a rock and goes back out of play. It was like a, it was an epic. It was a movie. It was a Scorsese movie (laughs) of hope and hope extinguished, then more hope, redemption, and misery. (laughs) It was the funniest, one of the funniest things I've ever seen on a golf course. Oh dang! That that it, the shot was in the air cumulatively like a minute and a half. Oh, it is back! Oh is that, no, it's back! No, it's gone again. <laughs> but I've been redeemed. Oh, brought laid low again by pride. <laughs> I am invincible. <laughs> Homer Simpson esque. Anyway, oh hey, uh, oh look at the time. Gosh, we could take a break. Oh, we were talking earlier about um, the coin shortage during the vid. Who knew? There are banks that'll pay you 105 bucks for $100 worth of coins. Paying a 5% premium because they're out of coins for various reasons, including the mint is cut back. But um, nice note from Todd here. Um, the best coin jar story ever. And I thought, oh, really? And I read it, and he's right. It is an unbelievable story about a coin jar. Uh, we got a couple more newsy things to do, too. We'll, we'll attempt to finish strong. In minutes, don't go away. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Everyone's waiting to see it coming. Cancel culture. Politico's actually had a pretty good article on uh, cancel culture today. Maybe we'll get to that tomorrow. Um, but um, yeah, I'm outraged out. Forty nine percent say it's had a negative impact. Only forty nine. Only forty nine. Forty six percent say cancel culture has gone too far. Only forty six percent. I hope they're like twenty three percent don't know or something like that, and it's not just the opposite opinion. say it hasn't gone far enough, to which Ben Shapiro replied, the problem is that the entire 10% who say cancel culture hasn't gone far enough work for mainstream media outlets and in university administrations. Uh, Yeah, and or social media. Yeah, that's right. And they have a voice that is multiples bigger than it ought to be. And it's, well, we talked about this earlier, that Barely half of Americans think Confederate statues uh, should be taken down. And you get the idea it's 95% from mm-hmm. media coverage. Um, I don't want to run out of time for this because I said we would do it, but we were talking about the, the coin shortage and banks and stuff like that earlier, and who knew? I had a I had a, a big old coffee can full of uh, quarters and dimes and cashed that in. I can't remember how much it was, but it was, it was a couple hundred dollars. I mean, it was a significant sure. amount of money. Um, <clears throat> which I actually ended up uh, giving away. Squandering on wine and whores. N- no, no, no. Number one, if it was wine, that's not squandered, and whores <laughs> is not really the way I roll. But uh, mm. I actually, I, I gave it to one of my children. But um, uh, blah blah blah. Okay, here it is. Uh, best coin jar story ever. Claims Todd. Uh, my uh, fag mom passed away in February. Friend of Armstrong and Getty. And and I I'm sorry for your loss, Todd. First of all, um, no one had any idea the extent of her hoarding disorder, but it was the worst I've seen by far, even on TV. 
as my wife and I started to try to get through the floor-to-ceiling piles of things we started coming across, uh, we found uh, silver gallon paint cans filled with coins. In total, we found 12 completely full cans, some all quarters, some mixed, and two half-full cans. I uh, I go to take them to the bank, figured I'd combine the two half cans just for easier transportation's sake. I open the first one, half full of coins. I open the second one to pour it out. It's not full of coins. It's completely packed full of paper money. There's $14,000 in cash in this paint can with a small piece of paper on the top. On the paper, my mom wrote, Kick the bucket fund. After I'm cremated, throw a party for me at sunset and know I'll be there. If you knew my mom, that's 110% what she would do. Hmm. Um, she had died unexpectedly. She'd written that note and, and put the money in two years previously. Wow. Um, anyway, I love honoring my mom by sharing that story. Uh, thanks, Todd. That's a great note. And, uh, I mean, the hoarding is unfortunate. It's a mental disorder, but. I like the have one more party on me. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Have, have a big time. I love that. That's a nice story. Now back to outrage. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I don't have it in me. I've, I, I was so bummed out by the news and its dishonesty in the last 24 hours, I had to turn it off. And I do it for a living. I I need to listen to it. But just the willfully leaving out key facts while reporting an important story, that's, you know, this this is an old guy griping, I guess. I'm not that old, but that would be, just a few years ago, a shocking shockingly unprofessional and unethical thing for a journalist to do. And now it's perfectly acceptable. It's just, it's, it's disappointing, I guess. I got to get over it. More on the restaurants that are trying to get around uh, the ridiculous rule. Wall Street Journal opinion piece, the editorial board says, government rules for restaurants are arbitrary and serve little public health purpose. Yeah, they do. And what's the problem with bad laws? They, they, they cause people to lose respect for all laws. But uh, the whole you, you can't you can't be a bar if you serve food. Oh, then you can be open. So people are coming up with ridiculous things to serve as food, like this place that had what they called Cuomo chips. Um, they serve a couple of potato chips in a bowl for a buck, and then they can call themselves a restaurant. They serve food, so mm-hmm. uh, they can be open. But there are places that have some tater tots. One, two, three, four, five. We are not sure how many you'll get. You'll get at least a tater tot. <laughs> <laughs> A spoonful of rice pilaf. <laughs> the smallest milkshake you've ever seen is one of them. Wow. Hilarious. You gotta love it. That's that's the American spirit right there. King George, you can tell you all about it. You know you want a happy ending. I'm Jack Armstrong and you get That's something about that that makes my skin crawl. There's a place that has grapes. You just get it. Just says on the menu a couple of grapes. <laughs> it says a piece of meat, one dollar. <laughs> a slice of salami or something. <laughs> Whatever they got laying around. Here here's, it is. Here's your host for final thoughts, Joe Getty. And let's get a final thought from Michael in the control room. Pressing the buttons. Your final thought. Yeah, uh, Joe. You mentioned uh, during golf, you got to find that sweet spot when you drink alcohol. Not too much. Not too little. I think the same thing is for darts, uh, for pool, and sure. for horseshoes, plain horseshoes. I'm throwing bowling. Cornhole. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, I'm sorry. Positive Sean, our producer. Final thought? 
Yeah, I've said it many times that the rice, my rice cooker has been my MVP culinarily uh, during this uh, the, the COVID era. But I must say, I have recently rediscovered a long lost love, and that is of freezer pizzas. Oh, <laughs> oh pretty good. My gosh, the two for five bucks, let stock me up. Points off for saying culinarily. Jack, a final thought? <laughs> so this Twitter feed about restaurants all across the country trying to get around these ridiculous rules so they can serve uh, booze to people. Um, place that's got a handful of croutons. I like the O, O apostrophe. Handful of croutons for $1. <laughs> the O is a nice touch. <laughs> that's a, the smallest piece of cheesecake in Buffalo. Literally, the smallest piece of cheesecake you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. That's the American spirit. Arbitrary, unnecessary uh, curtailing of our rights. Fight it. Don't be a sheep. Be ha- smart. Don't get the vid, but but fight the bad stuff. Handful of croutons. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. All of the podcasts are available at armstrongandgetty.com. Uh, go there. Click. Click away. See you tomorrow. God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I, I did not say okay. that. I've sat here for over three hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> that sucks. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say how very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. And we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, we're, you're, we're dismissed. Is that correct? Do you want to rephrase uh, what you're doing? And uh, maybe I'll go with the new air name, Butch Wolf, <laughs> Armstrong and Wolf, <laughs> Armstrong.